ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. As we drive toward net zero, and and I I mean that literally, zero emissions vehicles, they appear to be something of a panacea, a beautiful auto utopia, if you will, or, or, or is it? Now, to meet the demand for electric vehicles, EVs, we, we need mining, we need metals processing for lithium, nickel, cobalt. And these are tasks that have well, never exactly been friendly to the workers involved or, for that matter, to the environment. So, there's a conundrum. Uh, journalist Peter Young is someone who's thought about this long and hard. And in a piece for tech magazine Wired, he travelled to a sprawling factory complex in Indonesia that's fast become one of the world's leading suppliers of processed nickel. Uh, he joins us uh, from London today. Peter, welcome. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Can you describe for us uh, this, the, the village in question, the Indonesian village of Lobota, and that's, that's the, the site of the, the battery processing factory you visited for the article? Yes, I guess it's it's almost um, a, a village more more conceptual uh, at this point because you know historically the area um, that, that now this this site covers had you know half a dozen of these some small fishing villages that have been run for really decades and centuries um, by these sort of indigenous communities that live there. Now um, it's quite hard to distinguish you know between what's village and and you know, what's not, because it, it's an entire sort of sprawling complex, as you say, that really is just like a, you know, a bustling city just in the middle of a sort of a tropical island. How, how quickly has that happened? It's been, it's been extremely quick. I think so the construction began, it was almost exactly a decade ago with um, the IMIP complex. And so now it spans more like three or 4,000 hectares, but then there's also this huge sort of surrounding um, sort of ecosystem of, of supply. And so really in the space of, you know, 10 years, it's gone from this quite sort of tranquil and sleepy and I, I suppose very similar to other parts of Indonesia that I've, I've reported in uh, to really, yes, just this uh, really loud, vibrant, full of pollution, really huge industrial sites. Where this began, I mean, Indonesia had this resource, of, of nickel, and, and, and rather than just ship it away, Indonesia um, banned export. Yes, I, I guess there's, um, I, I suppose, the sort of the, the wider politics of this and, and the involvement of, you know, bigger superpowers like China, and, and there was more of a, a, a wish to sort of bring that uh, investment um, to Indonesia and have more benefits to to the country. Um, and, and so, as you rightly point out, you know, policy has been introduced to um, ensure that, that that processing is is carried out, you know, in the country. Um, but but you know, when, when it comes to some of the, the practices and and uh, you know the working conditions and the environmental impact, it is uh, far from uh, utopic, as you um, pointed out at the beginning. Well, you you describe it as as being sort of smog shrouded. That it's a to use your words a chaotic jumble of, of hulking loading cranes giant industrial warehouses it's it, it sounds quite dystopian it, it really is you know and i've done quite a bit of reporting on um you know natural resources in, across the world you know i've looked at the gold mines in the brazilian amazon that are illegally thrown up now and uh, the jade, jade mines in myanmar and um, the diamond mines of sierra leone and but but this really is something quite unique in, in the sense that 
I was really quite taken aback by the, yeah, the size and the scale of this. It's really, you know, even before you've entered the complex for as you're driving, even in, in the hours going up, you can see the, the sides of the roads begin to be built up with, you know, those that are living and working in the area and it just continues and continues and and once you're at the heart of it it really is uh something that's quite astonishing and presumably it it draws a workforce from far and wide this is this is a population far in excess of of what was there before uh before the 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 facility was was installed exactly yeah it's kind of it's it's tough to to estimate i mean the official number of uh workers within it itself is i think is about sixty six thousand, but actually um, I think that's even higher now, and then that's sort of disregarding as well as sort of this service industry um, that, that comes with it to serve all these restaurants and accommodation and you know everything you need to live. So it's in the hundreds of, of thousands at this point, and so it's really drawn um, workers from certainly across Indonesia. Um, there's also a, a quite a significant amount of um, Chinese workers there too, but you know there's very few people actually from. The areas from those that I interviewed, you know, that no one said, "Oh, I'm just from you know down the road." This is people that have tra- traveled sort of hundreds of miles. And, and as you report, it's it's a, a fifteen billion dollar, three thousand hectare complex with with steelworks, coal power plants, manganese processors. It has its own airport and seaport. Extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think it, it really has been built, you know, as you say, with its own airport and it's, it's fully functioning on its own. And it, it just attests to the, the scale and ambition of this, of, of the, the scaling up that's that's going to go ahead of, over the next few years. I think even if we consider it sort of being quite large now, you know, some of the the, the projections that, that we're seeing in terms of electric vehicle production now is, is going from you know, something like uh, the current levels, you know, from 2021, um, I think Tesla said it's going to increase its, um, what well, aims to increase sort of its production by like 13 fold um, over, the, over the next sort of, uh, by 2030. So, it, it, you know, if this is large now, it's, it's, uh, it's only going to increase. And this is the terrible paradox of this, that, that as, as, as people in, in full of good intention, uh, opt for an electric vehicle. The, the, that electric vehicle necessitates a battery, which necessitates the minerals that we're talking about in in places like Indonesia. It's, I mean, it, it, it's something which people are either ignorant of or sort of blithely consigned to some, some forgettery so that they can feel, um, you know, uh, virtuous in 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 a, in a in a vehicle which doesn't emit, even if the production of that vehicle in its long chain causes great damage. Yeah, no, I, I think you made a very good point at the beginning. I, I, I suppose, you know, when individuals think about the ways that they can sort of um, rightly, and you know, it's it's a, it's a pretty urgent sort of um, climate crisis going on uh, that we need to face, and and. When you think about sort of ind- individual decisions, obviously, if 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 you are a car owner um, looking to sort of decarbonize that, given the huge amount of sort of emissions that transport produces, that that's pretty high on the list. But the the concern being obviously is that uh, when it comes to sort of a new new technology, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's very naive to imagine that it's suddenly going to be sort of. Uh, uh, a solution without any sort of drawbacks and it's a you know a, a perfect way of going about this sort of green energy transition but the reality is that there are a lot of issues that uh, are thrown up by this and there needs to be some sort of serious regulation to ensure that you know proper processes are, are followed Re- regulation to protect whom or to safeguard what 
Well, this is a, a huge number of things, really. You know, obviously, there's the um, in, in terms of the working conditions. You know, a, a lot of the the workers that I spoke to had been in, either involved in some accidents. Uh, they know others that have. There had been a, a slew of really quite grisly deaths of of some workers over the past few months, in, involving some being sort of burnt alive inside furnaces, some being swept away into the sea due to landslides, uh, away to their deaths. And, and you know, one person was sort of hit by a crane in the head because, and they weren't wearing a helmet. Um, and, and so these are very sort of fundamental aspects of sort of working safety conditions that you expect. But And then there's also sort of, I, I suppose, the, the more broader sort of environmental impacts um, you know, it's led to you know, large amounts of deforestation, and, and just in terms of the the waste disposal, uh, is having an impact sort of in, in the pollution of the water. It's reportedly killed a lot of the uh, you know very rare and important sort of coral reefs there, and uh, also impacting the the local fishermen just in terms of their livelihoods. And and so it's it's really a huge span of of issues that it's thrown up. I wonder, I mean, where does the responsibility for the remedy lie, do you think? Is, is it within, within uh, Indonesia? Is it a matter of government regulation? Or is it for the, the players who are consuming these materials, Tesla, Ford, Volkswagen, to, to, to clean up their supply chains? Yeah, I, I think, well, you know, it's, it, there's obviously you know, responsibility on, on everyone's part, but primarily when we're looking at these you know, huge companies that are spending billions and billions of, of, of dollars in, into this, it is, it is quite straightforward for them to sort of in, insist and, uh, you know, it's part of their supply chains, in my opinion. And they, they need to sort of ensure that this is being done correctly. They have the power in making these deals. You know, Elon Musk has had a number of uh, meetings with uh, the Indonesian president, um, Joko Widodo, over the uh, over the past year or two. Um, and so there's clearly influence there. And, 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 and of course, you know, some of the, the Indonesian companies as well need to, you know, make some efforts to to in, ensure that it's being done well. And the government has said, you know, after some of these you know, great tragedies recently that it is looking to improve the situation. But but ultimately, yes, I, th- I think when, when it's Western consumers that are sort of driving this demand, and that's where a lot of the, um, of course, the vast majority of these um, vehicles are going to be um, sort of used, I, I think we have to demand that uh, improve. Yeah, well, consumer consumer demand can do much. I mean, I, I wonder. You say Musk meeting Widodo. I mean, is is there pressure being brought to bear by the likes of, of Tesla, or uh, are they? You know, is is their bottom line dependent on this this sort of uh, extractive capitalism? Does do the the low rates of pay suit the bottom line of the likes of Tesla? Right. Well, yes, I, I suppose it's, you know, we're, we're entering where, where it's more con- conjecture at this point. And I, I suppose certainly t- Tesla has continued to um, in, invest in, in the the region despite these reports. And, and I suppose Tesla, for its part, has said that, you know, wants to sort of iron out and in principle um, sort of um, get rid of these problems. But but that's not really yet being seen on the ground and, and things are pretty much as continuous as they are. So, I, I suppose you know. You know, critics have said that they want to see actually, you know, um, Tesla and the like to you know fully sort of divest from from these from IMIP and, and these other producers because of the the damage that's going on. IMIP, as, as you said, the facility we're speaking about. I mean, it, it exists thanks to substantial uh, Chinese co-investment, uh, which speaks to a really interesting role that that, that China is is playing within the supply chains around electric vehicles. 
Yes, yes, and uh, I, I suppose it, it comes to, as when we're speaking about sort of uh, as well, with, especially for um, Europe and, and the impact of sort of this, um, sort of, you know, Ukraine um, invasion sort of influenced uh, energy crisis, and there's been a lot of sort of thinking about sort of the, the geopolitics of this and 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 how sort of uh, independent and resilient some of the, the supplies of certain things are, and so. There's certainly been concern about the the huge influence of of, of China, um, you know, broadly across the sort of the the clean energy sector, but uh, yeah, definitely as well within within the the EVs too. And I I, I suppose yes, there is the in Indonesia there's a bit of a, a, a debate and there's some anger on on the part of some workers as, as seeing again you know the indonesia not sort of receiving the full benefits of um these sort of natural resources that they they do own and, and a lot of the profits sort of going away and across to china is it possible do you think to, to produce an electric vehicle in a in a manner that it is 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 humanly responsible and environmentally sustainable i think there's definitely it, it was very straightforward in terms of where you know introducing these policies and and you know safeguards to ensure that um, you know there aren't very easily avoidable deaths happening, and uh, uh, when it comes to the the more sort of more technical side of, of things, when it, uh, in extraction and things like deep sea tailings that are sort of uh, a, a process created through the sort of nickel production ending up in sort of dumping um, waste into the sea, you know there there definitely have been some examples, and I I, I know there's some uh, sort of pilots in, in Indonesia that are going on, but also if you look at, abroad as well, um, to, to other countries that have you know successfully um, done this without this slew of problems. It's it, it's the thing is it's very much a, a solvable issue. Um, yet it's you know as you spoke to earlier on, you know it's obviously Indonesia can offer a much cheaper product than um, you know others at the moment due to various rare factors. I mean, as we've seen in 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 other instances, although with with mixed success, I guess consumer uh, outrage and pressure uh, can can be reasonably powerful. Yeah, certainly, uh, and I I think you know in in some regards, if we look to um, the way that there has been a, a bit more of a, a comparable look at smartphones and and the like, and mm. uh, when there's the, the the revelations about sort of the the involvement of child labour in in um, the, the cobalt production for for you know many of the smartphones we use and um, since the report's been uh, sort of came out uh, in, in the past few years i think you know likely too because there's been a lot of well a huge lack of knowledge about what's um you know the, the source of of this nickel and, and the impact that it's being so you know i hope through uh if i don't want to be too ambitious but you know through, through some of my reporting and the good work of others to, to sort of help draw attention to this because many people I, I don't think really have an idea about the scale and and, and this, the seriousness of what's going on so um i, I think yes once, once consumers do sort of have a, a greater knowledge of it um then you know this is definitely going to have an impact too yes because you would imagine that the consumer who is prompted to buy an electric vehicle uh, is also one that would be prompted to outrage at knowledge of these circumstances exactly exactly and and you know there, there are especially in, in places like the eu you know a, a lot of work being done to to make sort of the the supply chains um, very clear, uh, there's a, sort of a battery passport that's being introduced in in um, the EU in, in the next uh -huh. few years that will sort of make those uh, yeah, supply chains very clear, and, and so the consumers are, can quite easily understand what's where it's come from, and, and you know whether there could be some problems in, in the production of it too. Well, Peter, thank you for your time and for and for for drawing this to to our attention. Thank you so much.
Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Peter Young, uh, an award-winning journalist based in London. We will pop a link uh, to his most excellent and, and very thought-provoking piece from Wired uh, on that, that installation IMIP in Indonesia. We'll pop that on the blueprint page of the Radio National website. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.